0: Five of the Blunderer or the Counterplots by Moliere. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Five, Scene One, Masquerade, Ergast.
1: Ah, blockhead, numbskull, idiot,
2: will you never leave off persecuting me? the constable took great care everything was going on smoothly the fellow would have been in jail had not your master come up that very moment and like a madman spoiled your plot i cannot suffer says he in a loud voice that a respectable man should be dragged to prison in this disgraceful manner i will be responsible for him from his very looks, and will be his bail. And as they refused to let him go, he immediately and so vigorously attacked the officers, who are a kind of people much afraid of their carcasses, that even at this very moment they are running, and every man thinks he has got a Lelio at his heels.
1: The fool does not know that this gipsy is in the house all ready to carry off his
2: treasure good-bye business obliges me to leave you
0: scene two masqueril alone
1: yes this last marvellous accident quite stuns me one would think and i have no doubt of it that this bungling devil which possesses Lelio takes delight in defying me and leads him into every place where his presence can do mischief yet i shall go on and notwithstanding all these buffets of fortune, try who will carry the day. Celia has no aversion to him, and looks upon her departure with great regret. I must endeavor to improve this opportunity. Ah, but here they come. Let me consider how I shall execute my plan. Yonder furnished house is at my disposal, and I can do what I like with it. If fortune but favors us, all will go well nobody lives there but myself and i keep the key good heavens what a great many adventures have befallen us in so short a time and what numerous disguises a rogue is obliged to put on
0: scene three celia
3: andres and you know it celia i have left nothing undone to prove the depth of my passion When I was but very young, my courage in the wars gained me some consideration among the Venetians, and one time or other, and without having too great an opinion of myself, I might, had I continued in their service, have risen to some employment of distinction. But for your sake, I abandoned everything. The sudden change you produced in my heart was quickly followed by your lover joining the gypsies. Neither a great many adventures nor your indifference have been able to make me abandon my pursuit. Since that time, being by an accident separated from you much longer than I could have foreseen, i spared neither time nor pains to meet with you again at last i discovered the gypsy woman and heard from her that for a certain sum of money which was then of great consequence to the gypsies and prevented the dissolution of the whole band you are left in pledge in this neighborhood full of impatience i flew hither immediately to break these mercenary chains and to receive from you whatever commands you might be pleased to give but when i thought to see joy sparkle in your eyes i found you pensive and melancholy if quietness has charms for you i have sufficient means at Venice of the spoils taken in war for us both to live there but if i must still follow you as before i will do so and my heart shall have no other ambition than to serve you in whatever manner you please
4: you openly display your affection for me i should be ungrateful not to be sensible of it besides just now my countenance does not bear the impress of the feelings of my heart my looks show that i have a violent headache if i have the least influence over you you will delay our voyage for at least three or four days until my indisposition has passed away
3: i shall stay as long as you like i only wish to please you let us look for a house where you may be comfortable oh here is a bill just up at the right time
0: scene four celia andres masqueril disguised as a swiss
3: monsieur swiss are you the
1: master of the house i am at your service can we lodge here yes i let furnished lodging to strangers but only to respectable people.
3: I suppose your house has a very good
1: reputation. I see by your face you are a stranger in this town. I am. Are you the husband of this lady? Sir. Is she your wife or your sister? Neither. Upon my word, she is very pretty. Do you come on business, or have you a lawsuit going on before the court? a lawsuit is a very bad thing it costs so much money a solicitor is a thief and a barrister a rogue i do not
3: come for either of
1: these you have brought this young lady then to walk about and to see the town
3: what is that to you
0: to Celia?
1: i
3: shall be with you again in one moment i am going to fetch the old woman presently And tell them not to send the travelling carriage which was ready.
1: Is the lady quite well?
3: She has an headache.
1: I have some good wine and cheese within. Walk in, go into my small house.
0: Celia, Andres, and Masqueril go into the house. Scene 5. Lelio, alone. However impatient and excited I may feel, yet
5: I have pledged my word to do nothing but wait quietly, to let another work for me, and to see, without daring to stir, in what manner heaven will change my
0: destiny. Scene 6 Andres, Lilio Lilio addressing Andres, who is coming out of the house. Do you want to see anybody in this house?
3: I have just taken some furnished apartments there.
5: The house belongs to my father and my servant sleeps there every night to take care of it
3: i know nothing of that the bill at least shows it to be let read it
5: truly this surprises me i confess who the deuce can have put that bill up and why oh faith i can guess pretty near what it means this cannot possibly proceed but from the quarter i surmise
3: may i ask what affair this may be
5: I would keep it carefully from anybody else, but it can be of no consequence to you, and you will not mention it to anyone. Without doubt, that bill can be nothing else but an invention of the servant I spoke of, nothing but some cunning plot he has hatched to place into my hands a certain gypsy girl, with whom I am smitten, and of whom I wish to obtain possession. I have already attempted this several times, but until now in vain.
3: What is her name? Celia. What do you say? Had you but mentioned this, no doubt I should have said you all the trouble this project costs you. How so? Do you know her? It is I who just now bought her from her master.
5: You surprise me.
3: As the state of her health did not allow her to leave this town, I just took these apartments for her. And I am very glad that on this occasion you have acquainted me with your intentions. What?
5: Shall I obtain the happiness I hope for by your means? Could you... Andres knocks at the door.
3: You shall be satisfied immediately.
5: What can I say to you? And what thanks?
3: No, give me none. I will have none. Scene
0: 7 Lelio, Andres, Masqueril. Masqueril, aside.
1: Hello. Is this not my madcap master? He will make another blunder.
0: Who would have known
5: him in this grotesque dress? Come hither, Masqueril. You are welcome.
1: I am a man of honour. I am not Masqueril. I have never debauched any married or unmarried woman.
5: What funny gibberish! It is really very good.
1: Go about your business and do not laugh at me.
5: You can take off your dress, recognize your master.
1: Upon my word, by all the saints, I never knew you.
5: Everything is settled.
1: Disguise yourself no longer. If you do not go away, I will give you a slap in the face.
5: Your Swiss jargon is needless, I tell you, for we are agreed, and his generosity lays me under an obligation. I have all I can wish for, You have no reason to be under any farther apprehension.
1: If you are agreed by great good luck, I will no longer play the Swiss and become myself again.
3: This valet of yours serves you with much zeal. Stay a little. I will return presently.
0: Scene 8. Lelio, Masqueril. Well, what do you say now?
1: That I am delighted to see our labours crowned with success.
5: You are hesitating to doff your disguise, and could hardly believe me.
1: As I know you, I was rather afraid, and still find the adventure very astonishing.
5: But confess, however, that I have done great things. At least I have now made amends for all my blunders. Mine will be the honour of having finished the
1: work. Be it so, you have been much more lucky than I.
0: Scene nine Celia Andres Lilio, Masqueril.
3: is not this the lady you were speaking of to me?
5: Heavens, what happiness can be equal to mine?
3: It is true, I am indebted to you for the kindness you have shown me. I should be much to blame if I did not acknowledge it but this kindness would be too dearly bought were i to repay it at the expense of my heart judge by the rapture her beauty causes me whether i ought to discharge my debt to you at such a price you are generous and would not have me act thus farewell let us return whence we came and stay there for a few days
0: he leads Celia away. Scene 10 Lilio, Masqueril
1: I am laughing, and yet I have little inclination to it. You two are quite of the same mind. He gives Celia to you, him. You understand me, sir?
5: This is too much. I am determined no longer to ask you to assist me. It is useless. I am a puppy, a wretch. A detestable blockhead, not worthy of any one taking any trouble for me, incapable of doing anything. Abandon all endeavours to aid an unfortunate wretch, who will not allow himself to be made happy. After so many misfortunes,
0: after all my imprudent actions, death alone shall aid me. Scene 11. Masqueril.
1: Alone. That is the true way of putting the finishing stroke to his fate. He wants nothing now but to die to crown all his follies but in vain his indignation for all the faults he has committed urges him to renounce my aid and my support i intend happen what will to serve him in spite of himself and vanquish the very devil that possesses him the greater the obstacle the greater the glory and the difficulties which beset us are but a kind of tire women Who deck and adorn virtue.
0: Scene twelve. Celia, Masqueril. Celia to Masqueril, who has been whispering to her,
4: Whatever you may say and whatever they intend doing, I have no great expectation from this delay. What we have seen hitherto may indeed convince us that they are not as yet likely to agree. I have already told you that a heart like mine will not, for the sake of one. Do an injustice to another, and that I find myself strongly attached to both, though by different ties. If Lelio has love and its power on his side, Andre has gratitude pleading for him, which will not permit even my most secret thoughts ever to harbour anything against his interests. Yes, if he has no longer a place in my heart, if the gift of my hand must not crown his love, i ought at least to reward that which he has done for me by not choosing another in contempt of his flame and suppress my own inclinations in the same manner as i do his you have heard the difficulties which duty throws in my way and you can judge now whether your expectations will be realized
1: to speak the truth they are very formidable obstacles in our way and i have not the knack of working miracles but i will do my utmost move heaven and earth leave no stone unturned to try and discover some happy expedient i shall soon let you know what can be done
0: scene thirteen
6: hippolyta Celia. ever since you came among us the ladies of this neighbourhood may well complain of the havoc caused by your eyes since you deprive them of the greatest part of their conquests and make all their lovers faithless there is not a heart which can escape the darts with which you pierce them as soon as they see you many thousands load themselves with your chains and seem to enrich you daily at our expense however as regards myself i should make no complaints of the irresistible sway of your exquisite charms had they left me one of my lovers to console me for the loss of the others but it is inhuman in you that without mercy you deprive me of all i cannot forbear complaining to you you rally in a charming
4: manner but i beseech you to spare me a little those eyes those very eyes of yours know their own power too well ever to dread anything that i am able to do they are too conscious of their own charms and will never entertain similar feelings of fear
6: yet i advance nothing in what i have said which has not already entered the mind of every one and without mentioning anything else it is well known that celia has made a deep impression on leander and on Lelio. i believe you will
4: easily console yourself about their loss since they have become so infatuated
6: nor can you regret a lover who could make so ill a choice on the contrary i am of quite a different opinion and discover such great merits in your beauty and see in it so many reasons sufficient to excuse the inconstancy of those who allow themselves to be attracted by it that i cannot blame leander for having changed his love and broken his plighted troth, in a short time and without either hatred or anger i shall see him again brought under my sway when his father shall have exercised his authority
0: scene fourteen celia Hippolyta. Mascariel.
1: Great news! Great news! A wonderful event, I am now going to tell you. What means this? Listen. This is without any compliments. What? The last scene of a true and genuine comedy. The old gypsy woman was, but th- this very moment. Well? Crossing the market place, thinking about nothing at all, when another old woman, very haggard-looking, after having closely stared at her for some time hoarsely broke out in a torrent of abusive language and thus gave the signal for a furious combat in which instead of swords muskets daggers or arrows nothing was seen but four withered paws brandished in the air with which these two combatants endeavoured to tear off the little flesh old age had left on their bones not a word was heard but drab, wretch, troll. Their caps to begin with were flying about and left a couple of bald pates exposed to view, which rendered the battle ridiculously horrible. But the noise and hubbub, Andres, and Trufraudin, as well as many others, ran to see what was the matter and had much ado to part them. So excited were they by passion. Meanwhile, each of them, when the storm was abated, endeavored to hide her head with shame everybody wished to know the cause of this ridiculous fray she who first began it having notwithstanding the wrath of her passion looked for some time at trufaldin said in a loud voice it is you unless my sight misgives me who i was informed live privately in this town most happy meeting yes signor zanobio roberti Fortune made me find you out at the very moment I was giving myself so much trouble for your sake. When you left your family at Naples, your daughter, as you know, remained under my care. I brought her up from her youth. When she was only four years old, she showed already in a thousand different ways what charms and beauty she would have. That woman you see there, that infamous hag, who had rather become intimate with us, robbed me of that treasure. Your good lady, alas, felt so much grief at this misfortune that, as I have reason to believe, it shortened her days. So that, fearing your severe reproaches because your daughter had been stolen from me, I sent you word that both were dead. But now, as I have found out the thief, she must tell us what has become of your child. At the name of Zambonio Ruberte, which she repeated several times throughout the story, Andres, after changing colour often, addressed to the surprised Trufalden these words What? Has heaven most happily brought me to him whom I have hitherto sought in vain? Can I possibly have beheld my father? the author of my being without knowing him yes father i am horatio your son my tutor albert having died i felt a new, certain uneasiness in my mind left bologna and abandoning my studies wandered about for six years in different places according as my curiosity led me however after the expiration of that time A secret impulse drove me to revisit my kindred and my native country. But in Naples, alas, I could no longer find you and could only hear vague reports concerning you, so that having in vain tried to meet with you, I ceased to roam about idly and stopped for a while in Venice. From that time to this, I have lived without receiving any other information about my family except knowing its name. You may judge whether Trufaldin was not more than ordinarily moved all this while. In one word, to tell you shortly that which you will have an opportunity of learning afterwards more to your leisure, from the confession of the old gypsy woman, Trufaldin owns you. Now, for his daughter, Andres is your brother, and as he can no longer think of marrying his sister, and as he acknowledges he is under some obligation to my master, Lelio, he has obtained for him your hand pandolphus being present at this discovery gives his full consent to the marriage and to complete the happiness of the family proposes that the newly found horatio should marry his daughter see how many incidents are produced at one and the same time such tidings perfectly amaze me the whole company follow me except the two female champions who are adjusting their toilet after the fray leander and your father are also coming i shall go and inform my master of this and let him know that what we thought obstacles were increasing heaven almost wrought a miracle in his favour
6: exit mosquereel <sighs> this fortunate event fills me with as much as joy as if it were my own case but here they come scene fifteen Trifolden anselmo
0: andres celia hippolyta leander
6: my child father do you already know how heaven has blessed us i have just now heard this wonderful event hippolyta to leander you need not find excuses for your past infidelity the cause of it which i have before my eyes is a sufficient excuse
1: i crave nothing but a generous pardon i call heaven to witness that though i return to my duty suddenly my father's authority has influenced me less than my own inclination
3: andres to celia who could ever have supposed that so chaste a love would one day be condemned by nature however honour swayed it always so much that with a little alteration it may still continue.
4: As for me, I blamed myself and thought I was wrong, because I felt nothing but a very sincere esteem for you. I could not tell what powerful obstacle stopped me in a path so agreeable and so dangerous, and diverted my heart from acknowledging a love which my senses endeavoured to
0: communicate to my soul. Trefaldin, to Celia.
6: But what would you say of me if, as soon as I have found you, I should be thinking of parting with you? I promised your hand to this gentleman's son. I
4: know no will but yours.
0: Scene 16. Trifaldin, Anselmo, Pandolphus, Celia, Hippolyta, Lelio, Leander, Andres, Mascaril.
1: Now let us see whether this devil of yours. Will have the power to destroy so solid a foundation as this and whether your inventive powers will again strive against this great good luck that befalls you through a most unexpected favourable turn of fortune your desires are crowned with success and celia is yours
5: am i to believe that
0: the omnipotence of heaven
6: yes son-in-law it is really so the
3: matter is
6: settled
0: andres to lelio
3: by this i repay the obligation you lay me under
0: Lelio
5: to masqueril i must embrace you ever so many times in this great joy
1: oh oh gently i beseech you he has almost choked me i am very much afraid for celia if you embrace her so forcibly one can do very well without such proofs of affection
6: trifaldin to Lelio you know the happiness with which heaven has blessed me but since the same day has caused us all to rejoice let us not part until it is ended and let leander's father also be sent for quickly
1: you are all provided for is there not some girl who might suit poor masqueril as i see every jack has his jill i also want to be married
5: I. Have a wife for you.
1: Let us go then, and may propitious heaven give us children whose fathers we really are.
0: End of Act 5 End of The Blunderer or the Counterplots by Moliere